you are listening to a new episode of Beyond the Curtain Podcast, presented by the Outlaw Wrestling Network. All right. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, buddy. We are back. Back again. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the newest edition of Beyond the Curtain Wrestling Podcast. I am the one and the only Cody, your host, of course. And I don't believe this week we will be joined by a Triple D. I think Triple D is, is going to be at home. Diamond Donovan Danucci, the angry Italian, should be staying home because what a glorious, glorious show we witnessed just some 24 hours ago. As of this recording, of course, we're talking about All Elite Wrestling, AEW Revolution. We're recording this on a Sunday night, the day after revolution aired i want to go ahead and thank everybody for tuning in and not only listening to this episode but the past episode i apologize for the angry italian uh i sometimes have no control over when uh when i get frustrated with something and and triple d just comes right on out of me i can't help it but i do believe we're gonna have a very glorious show for you and what's this it's two two episodes in a week that is a probably a new record. At least for 2020 it is. So I can surprise you every now and then. But don't expect it every time. So just be aware of that. Joining me today, like usual, because we appreciate true wrestling. We are those wrestling fans that somebody had to make a podcast specifically for, but that's okay. Joining me tonight for the recap of Revolution, as always, we've got the man, the myth, the legend, the host of Taking the Bump podcast. Of course, we're talking about Jimmy Jam, James Beatley. How the hell are you doing, sir? I am doing fantastic. Sitting here recording this podcast. Got a little bit of the bubbly with me. I'm ready to break a little bit of the bubbly. <laughs> ready to uh, break down the gl- glorious and go ahead and trademark that or uh, cease and desist us WWE for that glorious, glorious pay per view that we witnessed last night. <clears throat>
sorry for the delay there. I apparently was on mute. That's okay. I didn't say a whole lot, so we're okay. We're all good. But it's, yes, it's going to be a glorious show indeed. And, and I mean, hey, if you, uh, if you, you know, get butthurt because never ever will that company ever produce a great pay-per-view again. Uh, that's all we're going to say about that. But, you know, that's all we're going to go towards. I do think that uh, it, it's worth noting that uh, it's amazing how you have a lot of one-on-one matches and two, if you want to include the pre-show, tag team matches. And and that's all you need. You don't need the triple threat. You don't need a whole bunch of gimmick matches. You don't need a whole bunch of this and that. Sure, there may be some leeway in the rules as far as disqualifications go and countdowns and whatnot. But your mind gets taken away from that because you are focused on the action in the ring. And that's what's important. That's what we got with Revolution, something that I think a lot of us didn't think was possible. So, uh, yeah, I am going to be excited to talk about this. Uh, We're going to start a new thing since this is the first pay-per-view of 2020. We should have done this last time with uh, Full Gear. But, hey, listen. Is what it is. So, starting now, every pay-per-view, of course, we had our predictions. I wrote them down. We're going to do the records. So, hey, AEW does records. So, we're going to do records of our predictions for pay-per-views. Just a fun little thing. Not to say, hey, one guy predicts uh, better than the other. uh, Whatnot. But, hey. That's what we're going to go for. We're including the pre-shows. We're not including, you know, if there was a if there was a match before the show, which there was before even came on the air. We didn't see it, so we're not going to count that. We're going to count the pre-show matches as well as the main card, like we predicted uh, a couple days ago for the recap of Dynamite in the preview of Revolution. So we're going to keep tally, and at the end of the year, it's going to be kind of interesting to see how well we did over the course of the show. Um, I guess maybe we'll take home a trophy. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> My goal for the end of 2020 is to somehow get a lot of these episodes on YouTube because on most of the groups that I have posted, the links for the show podcast audio wise, I've had some feedback saying that uh, they would prefer to see, uh, you know, if we had a YouTube channel, they'd watch. Mm-hmm. First of all, I'm not sure if you want to see this face. Uh <laughs> I may have to get a mask, so if I do, hey, gimmick, let me have it. Uh, only my only my face should. Uh, yeah, well, maybe we'll see. Uh, <laughs> if I don't record Wednesday night, you'll understand why. Um, mm-hmm. I'm getting back from the exalted ones vacation. I uh, my my fiance is the only one that can see me without a without a mask. And uh, I'm even lucky enough that that she is even agreeing to marry me. So, <laughs> hey, listen, hey, I appreciate oh. you, sweetheart, more than you know. How much so, uh, uh, well, let's not get into that because <laughs> she's a rich woman. Let's just say that uh, she makes the big bucks. Um, <laughs> maybe careful what I'm saying. She does have a birthday this month, so. Uh, oh. <laughs> We'll see. We're into March, ladies and gentlemen. We are into March. Welcome to the third month of 2020. By this time next week, we'll be in December. So <laughs> go ahead. It'll be, it'll be snowing all over again. Go ahead and get your Christmas shopping out of the way now. Cyber Sunday and or whatever it is, uh, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, they're going to be hitting around the corner. 
Anyways, on to the main topic of discussion. We're going to do the recap, the review of AEW Dy- uh, Dynamite. Gosh, you know, I've done a bunch of Dynamites. It's these pay-per-views. They don't come every month. So when they do come once a month, you should be more fresh and prepared for this. Anyways, we're going to recap and review Revolution. Yes, sir. And kind of go down our records and see how we did there. Um, before we get into that, we do need to take a quick pause so we can listen to a plug for our dear friend of the show. So that way you guys have an understanding of there's only there's there's more than one podcast that you can hear one of us on. So uh, a quick break. We're going to regather, regroup, and we're going to come back and we're going to get into these matches and we're going to uh get into all of that uh before we do give me a quick 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 recap for you sir overall how did you like this pay-per-view if you want you can give it a star rating a grade rating i like grades grades are grades are great um but uh yeah how did you how did you overall like the pay-per-view what would you give it overall i I think overall um there there were few minor things that I de- thought that were kind of um, I don't I, I wouldn't call them bad or annoying or anything but just a few minor mistakes I think obviously the company a year not even a year into making product you'll have that issues um, but quality product I, I'd give it I wouldn't give it an A plus. I wouldn't give it a five star pay per view. I'd say an A minus. I think it really, it really delivered on every single story, um, and it it continued stories or allowed for the possibility of continuity and continuing of a story. There were some things I didn't necessarily agree on from a booking point of view. But it did. It didn't take away from the quality of the match. Um, and yeah, so A minus. Thank you for stealing my grade. That's exactly what I gave this as well. <laughs> uh, it was uh, not a perfect pay per view by any stretch of the imagination, but a fun, exciting, and enjoyable pay per view that uh, I'm gonna watch over again just because I enjoyed uh, most of the matches on the card. Um, we'll get into some of the, of course, the little nitpicks of that, but, uh, yeah, a minus great pay-per-view, um, would recommend seeing if you haven't, but, uh, I know for sure for myself, I'm going to rewatch it. So, um, yeah. So now that we got done with that, let's, uh, take a quick pause, get a plug in, got to do plugs. Plugs are nice. Plugs are friendly. Get back to that. And when we come back, we will. Run down the entire card, including the pre-show, for AEW Revolution. Stay tight. It's only going to be a quick minute. So if you want, don't don't get up and go get a beverage. Just 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 get through the ad and and, and not skip it. No, 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 no. no. Important no get, 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 train your dog to get you a beer, and uh, that way you don't have to get up. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, do that. And then hang tight. One minute, we'll be right back here on Beyond the Curtain, where we will <laughs> recap and get our predictions. I love predictions. And our grades for yes. Revolution. Hang tight. We'll be right back. Well, howdy-ho there, motherfuckers. It's James Beatley. I hope you're enjoying the content on the Beyond the Curtain podcast. 
And as a member of the Outlaw Wrestling Network, I'd like to just take a moment and plug my podcast to be taken, The Bump Podcast. Um, It is a weekly podcast. I try to at least put out one episode a week um, going through the hottest topics in professional wrestling. Um, I tend to focus more on impact wrestling and all elite wrestling, um, but I will span the entire uh, profession, the entire genre of professional wrestling. Um, For more info and to listen to all previous episodes, follow me on Twitter at TheBPodcast and follow me on Facebook, Taking the Bump Podcast. Um, Y'all can message me, y'all can comment, uh, get in touch with me, ask me questions if y'all want to partner up in any way, um, be a guest on the show. I'll gladly take all questions and comments, uh, send them to me on either of my social medias. It's James Beatley, host of the Taking the Bump podcast, and now back to your regularly scheduled content. Welcome back to Beyond the Curtain Wrestling Podcast. Since uh, our dear friend over here had to say that, then it was only right for me to kind of bring that up, right? Right. All right. So let's get into this recap and the results and, of course, our predictions as we run along through this for AEW Revolution from Chicago, Illinois, Wintrust Arena in downtown Chicago. Two out of the last three pay-per-views AEW has had has featured it in Chicago, and it will be three out of the next five since uh, All Out will be in Chicago as well. But hey, I'm upset about that. If they're getting the people to come and selling out the place, that's all that matters, and it looks great. So get to the pre-show. We've got the Dark Order, Evil Uno, and Stu Grayson with Alex Reynolds and John Silver. Facing off against SoCal Uncensored, SCU, Frankie Kazarian, and Scorpio Sky. And the Dark Order defeats SoCal Uncensored. Nine minutes, 25 seconds. Uh, interesting, uh, you know, interesting that it was on the pre-show. Um, especially with kind of the, the hype, if you want to say that, with, with the Exalted One nearing, you know, you would have thought maybe this would have been on the main card, but hey, it's okay. It just shows how deep the uh, roster and how deep that the card kind of was. Even if people don't like the Dark Order, it still is a main feature on Dynamite every week. So uh, it's interesting how they put up the pre-show, but somebody had to be on the pre-show. So uh, this, of course, was. And uh, yeah, it was, a good, it, was, it was a good match. It was okay. Didn't hate it. Didn't love it. Um, it kind of was... Uh, once you saw the match, it was like, okay, I see why it's on the pre-show. But like I said, wasn't great, wasn't terrible, just a decent match, solid match. Um, like I said, Dark Order does defeat SoCal Uncensored, and uh, at the very end of that, we see somebody in a dark cloak. Well, Coco Cabana did come out and made his, I guess, official AEW debut since he's now um, 
officially said he's signed to AEW. So welcome aboard the All Elite Train, Mr. Colt Cabana. Let's get a hometown boy in there. Uh, he came out, got beat up by the Dark Order. Then Christopher Daniels comes out, and uh, yeah, there's that. Not the Exalted one. Did not get the Exalted one, which is good. And, uh, you know, uh, it's going to lead us into Wednesday, seeing how that's going to work out. So, um, overall, I probably would give this just uh, just a C, straight C. Nothing great, right. nothing horrible, but uh, it advanced the storyline. It did what it was supposed to do, and it was a pre-show match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would agree with that. I think I'd give the match um, – I'd go C-. minus. Um, and, and so much as the action wasn't necessarily the the contributing thing. And it makes sense it's on the pre-show. It felt – it had the feel of just a normal dynamite match. And it sucked because all all – what was it? Seven, eight matches that were on the card, including this pre-show match, could have all been solid mid-card or upper-mid-card or even upper-card matches. Um, and that's how stacked I think this entire card was. Um, and I get why they picked this one as the the um, pre-show match. Um, and it was just a normal match. It wasn't nothing spectacular, but I don't think it had to be. Um and it progressed the storyline, which is always great that you can keep a storyline going and you don't flip-flop between storyline to storyline. Um, and it, it leaves the intrigue for the Dark Order because we still don't know who the um, Exalted one is. Um, and excited to see... Um, when that character gets introduced. And I liked how Daniels kind of played around with it a little bit. Um, also, um, love hearing Taz on commentary. I, I hope eventually he can join the main team because um, he's such a good commentator. And, uh, yeah, um, I'm glad he's part of AEW too. Absolutely. Uh, great way to mention that as well. Taz being on commentary. Thought it was uh it's always good to hear Taz. He's an excellent commentator. He doesn't mean doesn't miss a step. Um no matter how long he's been away from the commentary booth. So I agree with that. Um but I uh uh hope he does get a main card and then they have been infiltrating him on the main um you know on the main shows on Dynamite uh here recently. So it's good to get that rotation a little bit and get him more reps with uh uh, the commentary team on Dynamite. So I think eventually we will see Taz on the the uh, roster, uh, or not the roster, but on the main uh, show of Dynamite the whole two hours. You hate to see somebody get replaced, but, uh, you know, sometimes eventually that time will come, and Taz is just almost, almost polished. He's very good, adds a great dynamic to it. Uh, his voice, of course, is unique, but uh, he's into it. He knows his stuff, and uh, it just sounds awesome. So, um yeah, so then we get into the main card. And the first match on the pay-per-view is Jake Hager versus Dustin Rhodes. This match goes 14 minutes and 40 seconds, and Jake Hager does defeat Dustin Rhodes by submission. It was interesting, and it was mm-hmm. almost what we both predicted. Oh, by the way, uh, we both predicted SCU to win that match, but Dark Order won, so we ended up 
0-1, both of us at the moment. Um, you know, I I think we both predicted that we thought this was going to be a brawl, right. at least at, at first. And it pretty much was. It was definitely an in-your-face, kind of a smash-mouth type of stuff. Uh, Hager's significant other was there at ring size. So that kind of added a whole new dyna- dynamic to it. I love Hager's music and, and his whole uh, setup. For his ring gear, that was very good. Definitely infiltrated his MMA stuff and, and his wrestling, pro wrestling and stuff as well. Man, he makes he had a mixture of his amateur wrestling days, his his MMA stuff, his pro wrestling stuff. He had all three going to one. Um, this is the one bad thing that I think I wish he did have a match or two on Dynamite beforehand because he's got a great. That's a great, great repertoire right there to have those three things go into your move set. Um, I just wish he had a couple more matches just to make it a little bit more polished. You could definitely see the ring rust a little bit with him in this right. match. Uh, and Dustin did a good job. You know, I'm not putting any kind of blame for Dustin either being older or just whatever. It was definitely like it was a good match. It really was a good match. Um, interesting way to start the show. I would have definitely thought we would have seen either the tag team title match, Pack and Orange Cassidy, um, even Nile and Chris Atlanta. I, w- I really would have thought we would have seen any one of those three take the top, take the uh, opening match. But interesting, we got Hager versus Dustin. So um, I was, it was it was a good match though, and it was interesting that the submission finish. I kind of could see why they did that, especially for the MMA background that Hager has. So uh, good way to start the show for sure. And Hager does get the win by submission over Dustin Rhodes. I'd give this match a uh, – I'd give it a B minus. B minus. Could have been better for sure. A little more polished. I feel uh, Hager needs to be, of course, I understand why he can't wrestle every week, but I wish he would have had a couple more matches maybe on TV to kind of get that out of his system to work out the kinks and uh, and whatnot. It doesn't put out on a good performance as usual. So um, featured a couple good spots here, especially with Hager's significant other was great. But uh, overall, B minus on this one. Um, so I'm I'm with you. I didn't think this would start the show, the main show off. Um, not necessarily surprised. I thought Sammy's match was going to be first, kind of because it's one of the stories that has the least amount of of stake behind it. I would say, um, and it it, but the. I'm kind of glad this match did start off the show because it brought energy to the to the to the pay per view super early. We saw them outside the ring a little bit um, and just getting the crowd into it. And I think that's a, a big part of wrestling that maybe the the casual fan or or the fan that doesn't really give a crap about placement of a match is you put you put a, a big heavy match on first and the crowd isn't built up for it. It kind of, it loses its, its mystique and its preference. And this match built that, um, the Sammy match after built that and it led us into the rest of the show. Um, I agree. It's, I wish Hager had a little bit more, um, time in the ring. Um, and, it's been a while. You can tell it's been a while since he's done, like, non-NMA professional wrestling. Um, but I think with time, he'll get he'll get more polished. 
Um, and it's honestly weird seeing him win a match. Um, given his last run with WWE, he basically lost every match he was in. Um, but that finish kind of shocked me because I didn't expect a, a finisher, a sleeper hold to be applied. Um, but given the fact that, you know, they're kind of building him up as a Bellator guy and he, he's 2-0 and and he's won both of his fights with that same exact move, I get the story behind it. Let's keep let's keep that momentum. Let's keep that story alive. He's a an MMA box uh, fighter, um, and it's good. I I would give it a C plus. Um, but I think that's all I had to be again to get the crowd into the show. We weren't really expecting an A plus match from them, and I think they gave us what they needed to give us. Yeah, absolutely. And I definitely agree with you on that. And uh was not expecting the finish to happen the way it did. But once again, I, I would much rather have, oh, wow, instead of saying, yep, there it is. And then just kind of expect that. So, um, so yeah, I predicted Hager to win this match and as well as you did. So we, at the moment, fall to one and one for both of us. Uh, cutting the pre-show, of course. We go to our second match of the evening Darby Allen versus Sammy Guevara. So the match length is five minutes long, but the match itself, I, I guess you can't say Matt, the whole um, segment, if you will, itself went longer than that. It had to probably at least go 10 minutes, maybe a little bit less. But, uh, of course, Sammy came out first. Darby came out, did basically a suicide dive or tope suicida. Uh, between the second and third ropes, and uh, sort of whooping Sammy's ass, like I, it, it, like I, I would imagine that it, it would, because Darby was out for revenge on Sammy for hurting his uh, his throat with his skateboard, and uh, Darby just goes to work, goes to attack mode. These two fight and have a brawl outside the ring. Uh, match of course does not start. We get, uh, I mean, we get outside spots all over the place. We get. Sammy doing a 6.30 off the top rope through a table on Darby. That was a sick spot, probably spot of the night. But uh, uh, I, I didn't think it was going to do that. But that, that's a scary spot. But uh, Sammy did it pretty well. Um, we finally get back in the ring, and that's when officially the match starts. That's why it's only got a, a length of five minutes. But the whole thing went longer than that. Uh, in the end, Darby with the coffin drop from the top rope. Gets the win over Sammy Guevara. This match was was crazy. It was fun. It was exciting. Crazy. Uh, Darby. Uh, Darby had in one spot. Darby had uh, Sammy on the barricade on the outside, and he tried to push the barricade a little bit forward. Darby was going to go for another tope suicida once again from the. I, I want to say it was from the the second and the top rope, and Darby's back foot. Yeah. made contact with the rope and it prevented him from getting the full contact on Sammy. So he basically he missed and the commentary team. And this is once again, the, the fourth wall that wrestling traditionally will try not to go towards. They'll either say, I got, he didn't get it all, but he got enough or he got some. They said, I think Darby missed him. I think the foot caught the bottom, you know, the rope and he missed him. So it's given an observation perspective of it trying right. to keep it real into his fact uh, into the fact of yeah he effed up 
that was not mm-hmm. the mood did not connect. And right. why did that happen? His foot hit the rope. You know, they're professionals, but they're not perfect. And that's something right. that this company does great at is mm-hmm. they're not perfect. They accentuate the non-perfectness, the negatives, and uh, right. and adds a whole new dynamic to the whole show because you don't feel that it's so fake that you're like. Okay, did they, are they really not going to just, you know, mention? Are they going to pretend that it didn't just happen? No, they're like, yeah, Darby Darby hit the rope and he didn't get the full effect. And I love that. It just makes it more, I understand wrestling stage, but it just makes it feel more real that, hey, we're not we're not going to shy away from the fact that this botch or whatever you want to call it just happened. So um, overall, I do give the match a B, a regular B. Um Pretty good match. Just wish that I guess the bell time should have been longer. Um, I enjoyed this match. Um, I kind of hope they maybe do another one, but I thought it was very good. Yeah, I wish it was. I wish the official time, or I guess I liked the segment outside. I kind of felt though um, that they were kind of rushing this match a little bit, um, and with it being a I guess a and a legit like match time of five minutes. Um, I don't know. I feel like this match could have gone a little bit longer, um, and it felt like it was kind of rushed a little bit. But to accentuate on your point about the commentary team, that is a, again another small thing that, in my opinion, makes a big difference, especially something so in your face and easily observable other commentary teams and it's not just WWE it's a bunch of other companies too they they don't call the obvious call when a botch is made or when a misstep has been performed um and AEW calls them it calls it like it is and I like that again in my opinion it gives it the sporty feel that they want to give the fans and it just, it, it pushes it even further because if we're, in my opinion, when you miss an easily observable call that all the fans can see and you don't call it like it is, you're inferencing that the fans are kind of seeing something that in your opinion didn't happen. Basically saying, Hey, y'all aren't, here, this is what, yeah, he made a batch, but we're not going to call it because it's not part of the call. I know it just, it gives it that kind of one off, like one-on-one connection that it's, they're not just reading a script. Um, they're calling it like it is. That was beautiful for commentary. The match again, I felt was a little rushed. It may have been why some of the mistakes happened. So I, I would give it a B minus. It was a good match. And I love Darby. And that 6.30 was was nice. Something I kind of honestly would have expected Darby to do, not Sammy. Um, and then that coffin drop was nice as well. Um, hopefully this feud continues. I hope this wasn't like the, the ending of the feud. Because um, I kind of want to see where this, where this story continues from here. Yeah, absolutely. And that's something that... Uh... Left me wanting more, that's for sure. And that's not always a bad thing. And that's something that I think we uh, 
hopefully we'll get something more towards it. There's something that's going to happen on March the 25th on Dynamite that absolutely blew my mind that I cannot believe was happening, especially on live television, on network television across the world, free television, if that's what you want to call it. Um, we'll get into that a little bit here as we move on. But, uh, yeah, uh, maybe that's where maybe this ultimately will lead to. But either way, um, overall, good uh, good second match for sure. Definitely was one that <laughs> definitely more upbeat as far as fast pace. The first match was okay and uh, left us wanting more, which is great. And this whole card top to bottom, in my opinion, just had a great mixture of like, all right, you're not going to get your fast pace one like a Hager and a Dustin. You get the Darby and Guevara and then just kind of. I thought it was really well done match placement wise for sure. Right. It played really well. Yeah, exactly. We get to match number three. You heard me right. What I'm about to say match number three on this card, Mm -hmm. the AEW world tag team championship match. The first of the three um, title matches on this card, Kenny Omega and hangman, Adam page, the tag team champions defending against, Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Uh, I, this, I understand that there's going to be a lot of people that are already going to overhype this, that are going to say this and that, and you're right to your opinion. I will debate about, I will debate with you all day long. If I haven't seen the match that you think is match of the year, I will go back. This is already going to be match of the year. It's got to be in the top three, if not the top one. This match had everything and then some mm-hmm. uh i mean this match just was unbelievable ebbs and flows everywhere near fall after near fall you think the match is going to end and it keeps going you get that you don't know if it's going to be a heel turn from omega you don't know if it's going to be a heel turn from page you don't know if omega and the young bucks are going to attack a hangman this match was just top to bottom awesome Absolutely amazing. Match of the night, match of the year, top candidate for sure. Mm-hmm. In my top five favorite tag team matches already. Yes. The craziest thing about this match, in the beginning during introductions, I noticed it, but it wasn't so loud that I wanted to make a comment about it. I just kind of kept it in the back of my head like, okay, that's interesting. We see where the fans are going. And then during the match, it's just got turned way up. So when the introductions happen, and you're going to have your boots and your cheers, just mainly from people who they want to win. Hangman and Omega definitely got more cheers than boos. The Young Bucks, you could kind of hear the boos, but they got a good little reaction as well. Throughout the match, the fans started booing the Young Bucks, almost turning them heel in a way. Yeah. But they didn't really turn heel because they didn't do anything after the match. We didn't get a heel turn, which was unexpected. But I, but I like. Keeps you guessing. Keeps you wanting more. By the way, we didn't. Uh, I kind of backtrack. Uh, I predicted Darby to win. You predicted Sammy Guevara to win. So at the moment, uh, I had um, two and one, and you were one and two. But um, yeah. I mean, just an unbelievable match, top to bottom. Unbelievable crowd was into it. How can you not be? I will ask you to go out of your way. I don't care if you do it illegally legally find this match mm-hmm. and watch it yes. because you're not going to find another better tag team match on the planet in any company yes. that is as good as this one. 
yeah. in this year. The uh, Heyman and Omega retained the, the AEW Tag Team Championships, and there was no heel turn, no swerve, just an outright intense match that had it all. Had it all. Right. This definitely is my A-plus match of the night. Can't get better than this. And Not that any match after this was shitty, but just match of the night. A-plus for me. Yeah. Give me your thoughts, sir. Um, as I trip over a guitar. Um, anyway, uh, like Hangman Adam Page. I'm take out of take beer. it easy, Jeff Jarrett. All right. <laughs> like Adam, Hangman Adam Page, I'm out of beer. But um, but no. Um, the the uh, everything you said is so true. I think of this match. Um, best tag team match of the year already, and we're it, oh, we're only in. The beginning of March, so we still have nine months of wrestling to go in the year. This this match wins. It, it nothing else can beat this. It'll be hard to find a match that can beat this. Um, and I thought for the longest time, I think my favorite match, tag team match in AEW history, was the first round of that the tag team title tournament between Young Bucks and Private Party. That match was amazing. And this match here, I believe, was five times better than that match. Like, maybe maybe even higher than that. It was such a good match. And That's they- crazy to say, not because y'all, that's crazy to say, considering that that match was also fantastic in itself. Uh, mm-hmm. Which is crazy to say. Uh, quick point, this match went 30 minutes and 56 seconds, by far the longest match of the night, but it deserved it, and it mm-hmm. showed why tag team wrestling should be important, and AEW is definitely making that. Continue. Right. And to get back to where I was, um, but, yeah, this match had, it teased so often just different different parts of, like, is Hangman going to turn? No. Oh, he spits in the face of the Young Bucks. Oh, you saw Matt Jackson get, like, angry for the first time, I think, ever in his life. Um, And then the boo started coming. And then at one point, it's like Matt Jackson remembered, oh, I'm fighting my best friend Kenny Omega. And he stops. Like, he could have he won the titles, but he stops and lets Kenny get up. Um, And just the subtle jabs, it's like, okay, why is – What's going on here? Like, you could see the rivalry between Matt Jackson and um, Hangman Page almost as if they were building a single feud out of this. But I don't think that's the direction they'll go. That's the, the direction it felt. Um, and then spot after spot, kick out after kick out. And then what I love, and it's something that I think goes underappreciated as when those spots happen, you choose the right freaking person in the crowd to give the reaction. And they did that perfectly in this match. Every crowd reactor that they sent to the reaction was spot on how everybody was feeling. Um, and then just that ending of um, Hangman hitting the, the one-winged angel. Like, no one would have expected that. And they gave us everything we wanted, and I think, and more in this match. They all four people put everything on the line, 
A plus plus best. Ma- I'm gonna go ahead and say it. Best match of the year. Nobody's gonna hit that. Hit what that that match gave. And I'm 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 thinking Meltzer. Uh, gonna give this like seven and a half stars. <laughs> it's a very good point. He may break his his previous record and. Godspeed, Dave Meltzer, whatever floats your boat, <laughs> whatever floats your boat, sir. Um, I predicted the Young Bucks to win this. You predicted Hangman and Omega to win. So we both had tied two and two. Um, yeah. Amazing match. And, of course, it after this, you, you just get to yourself, what in the world is going to come after that? Because... Obviously, you're like, all right, none's going to top that, but what's next? What is going to follow this? And that's kind of the important match as to what will follow this because that's where you got to be careful. The crowd is emotionally spent from that, so how do you kind of rejuvenate from that? I'm not sure if you put any match that would have rejuvenated them um, just because it was just sheer amazingness, but, uh, right. you know, that's the risk you got to take. And so the next match we get is... Nyla Rose versus Chris Statlander for the AEW Women's World Championship. Uh, This match goes 12 minutes and 45 seconds, um, in which Nyla Rose does defeat Chris Statlander. I give this match a C+. Mm -hmm. Uh, I felt like it could have gone a little bit longer, but I just felt like it needed more. I, I think that the moveset was a little bit weird. Uh, Satlander did have that one moment where she almost botched the suplex off the top rope. Um, you know, Nyla was kind of struggling with the power bomb off the top rope to end the match. Um, it wasn't a bad match, but I, I don't know. First of all, you're following that tag team match. You got to do something to yeah. get the crowd back into something. That's a good way to do it. Good way to divert it. I, I would I would agree. Um, but it, it definitely needed something else from the girls. More intensity. I don't know. I don't know what it needed. But it needed something else. It needed another gear to it. And, uh, you know, it's almost like a NASCAR that is <laughs> down a cylinder. The power's there. It's running. It's going. It's off pace. Right. And, you know, of course, it's going to be hard to, to, to compare that to the tag team match beforehand. But I just felt like this match. It, it, I was looking forward to this match. I really thought Chris would put on a great show. I thought Nyla would be able to uh, put on a good show. And they put on a decent show. But I, I really felt like there, there was something more to it. I'm going to imagine... Uh, professionally, both of these girls probably said that wasn't my best match. That wasn't our best stuff. Uh, we can do better. Um, and we all know the AEW women's division is kind of under scrutiny because people are like, this is the weakest link of the, of the whole roster. Um, and, and I think we're, we're getting, we're turning a corner into the storylines of it. Um, I understand that the two weeks of the Statlander Rose doesn't help that, but uh, Britt with her stuff is getting somewhere. Um, now that Nyla's champion, who knows what's going to happen with this more. We're starting to get the core of this. Satlander, Nyla, Britt, Sheeta, Swole. We're starting to get a core here. So, uh, yeah. you know, building that division around those four or five women is going to be vital into the future and success of this division. However, um, yeah, it just felt off. Wanted something more out of them. Uh, some more oomph, I guess, if you want to call that. But... Um, I predicted Nyla to win, and she did. 
you predicted Sightlander to win, and she did not. So pushed us, uh, me to three and two at the moment. You to two and three. Uh, your thoughts on this, sir? Yeah, I'm. I'm at the same, kind of at the same place you were. I had high expectations for this match. I think Nyla Rose, like, if we can just take a second and just get past the gender stuff and just look at Nyla Rose from a wrestling perspective, she has some of some serious potential to be one of the top superstars at any women's division. Um, and Statlander, I think, is my favorite in this entire division. And I just had high expectations. I felt like this could have been one of the best matches on the entire card. And it just kind of – it didn't underperform, per se. It just – I guess maybe my expectations were too high for this match. And I don't know if Statlander, like I said in the preview show, it was still dealing from any lingering effects of the sickness that she had or whatnot. Um, and I'm sure that could have played a part. Um, and they haven't worked a lot together. So chemistry, that's something big in wrestling is the person you're fighting. You have to know how they operate in the ring. Um, and it just, it didn't feel like this match gave us all that both of these women could have given us. Um, and so I hope they give us this match again um, and they can perform and show what they really can give. And it's hard. It really it is hard for any match to come after a match that was just so emotionally like intense. And then you have to come out and say, oh, this match got everybody into it. Now we're next. Let's see if we can beat it. And obviously it didn't. It didn't. I don't think it really was supposed to. But, yeah, it just – it wasn't there. There was something off. Um, and I don't know if it's because we spent so much energy on the the, the tag match that there wasn't nothing else to give for this match. It, it, it kind of felt like everything wasn't necessarily – Put together the way it should have been, so it was it was it was not a piss poor match. Like it wasn't a lot of botches, and I didn't hate the match. I just I wanted more from it. Um, I'd give it a give it a C, just a C straight. Um, and uh, I, I hope we get to see this one on one match again. For the title, maybe if it doesn't necessarily have to be for the title, because I think these two work together again, I think they'll be able to put on a better match. Absolutely, I agree with that for sure. I agree with that for sure. So it would be interesting to see not only the where does Nyla go from here, what where does Statlander go from here, and how that women's division kind of shapes up now down the road. It's our next pay per view, double or nothing in May. How we start building towards that. Next contest we get is probably the most emotionally invested one of this whole card. MJF with Wardlow facing off against Cody, and he did have Arn Anderson and Brandy Rose in his corner, which was interesting for sure. Um, side note: I don't know how I missed this, but because I, I guess you know, reading this and, and looking at the word Rhodes, 
Dustin Rhodes had the best shirt of the night when he came out and he had uh, <laughs> his handmade I'm fighting Jericho's bitch shirt. And Hager was like, oh, you mother effer. That was fun. That was fun. That was very clever and very fun. Um, MJF and Cody. You know, this showed how booking can be done the right way. Right. This match goes 24 minutes and 40 seconds, the second longest match of the night, deservingly so. And the EVP didn't put himself over. Yeah. In a way he did, but he didn't go over in the match where records matter. MJF gets the win here. So we kind of got the Wardlow experience. We got the Arn Anderson experience in the here. Brandy got her hand into this as well. Cody kicked Arn accidentally, kind of knocked him out of the match. Uh, MJF gets cut open. Cody kind of dominated a little bit. He had a chance to win, but he didn't put him away. MJF takes out that diamond ring, smashes Cody in the face with it. A lot of stiff shots here. And MJF gets the win. That, to me, is how booking is done. The heel still goes over, and you're like, God, that damn guy. I hate him. Why did he win? Why does he win? He cheated one, whatever you want to call it. He's a winner, and he found a way to win. And Cody had the chance to put him away, and he didn't. And that just shows that Cody was probably too emotionally invested, that he wanted to punish Max, as we all wanted to see MJF get his ass kicked. And he basically did, but he didn't get the job done, did Cody. So it's like it leaves, leaves something on the table. And I, I said this, I think, on, on the previous episode. I see this becoming a trio, a trio, a set matches, a set number of matches. So we could see one maybe on a dynamite. I kind of hope not, but we probably will see one at double or nothing. If you would make all the way to all out in August, we'll see. But, uh, yeah, this match had had some brutality to it. It had some, uh, some ass kicking evolved into it as well. Um I didn't like that Cody was allowed to use his belt when MJF was not allowed to. I guess you could say that that's like a referee favoritism or maybe Cody saying, I'm the EVP. I own this company. I could fire you. I'll do whatever I want. You know, let me have a free shot, which he did say, let me get a, let me have one more or something like that. And the ref let him do it uh, before Cody threw his belt in the crowd. Ah, I didn't really care for that. I get it. That, you know, the ref was like, God, he's such, you know, Cody's such an MJF, such an asshole. You just, he deserves it. You do it. You got 10 lashes. He deserves one or two. But you're a ref. You got to do your job. You got to take the emotion out of it. You're there to do a job. Um, that's one thing I would clean up a little bit on that. Uh, downstate performing Cody's theme song was really cool. Really cool to see that. Um, I give this a solid B plus for the match. It had a lot of good stuff to it. Um, like I said, MJF does end up winning. I did pick MJF. You did pick Cody. So you did get that, unfortunately, wrong. And I did get it right. Pushed me to the night four and two and you to two and four. But your thoughts on MJF versus Cody? Yeah, I felt like this match was... It had an interesting um, feel to it. Um, I loved... Arn Anderson coming out there looking like Andy Reid with his play card and his shirt tucked in. And it, it kind of, again, they're pushing this as a sporting event. And it's something, if you watched my video that I put up last night on 
Facebook page to take it about Facebook page. That's all I want. I want it to, I want that sports feel. I want good matches that kind of give us that feel of like this is real. This is a sport. And everybody knows it's not. Kayfabe is, has long been dead. And we're not asking for it to be revitalized. We're just asking for the 10 or 15, 20 minutes that you're in the ring, that it has as much of a real feeling that you're actually beating the hell out of each other in the ring in this moment. I don't, we all know that y'all are best friends behind, behind the scenes. That ain't ever going to get fixed. But this match, it, it felt like a sporting event and the small little things there. Brandy interjecting herself, I think... I think it's AEW going, and they've teased intergender stuff, and I don't think they're, they'll fully go intergender, and that's okay. That's their prerogative. I won't knock them on that. I personally like intergender wrestling, but it's not everybody's flavor, and I'm not going to knock the company for not having it, um, but they tease intergender stuff like when, with... Um, Allie low-blowing Orange Cassidy the other week on Dynamite, and here with Brandy and Wardlow. Um, so it was it was fun. Brandy throwing the beer on Wardlow. Um, AEW owes a lot of fans a lot of money in beer. Um, <clears throat> they took like four or five beers from people last night, um, and it, it it just it had that nice effect. Feel and one thing that I love, and the last thing that I'll talk about on this match, I gave this match a B plus. And one thing that I love is that they've kept the the um, mystique behind this this ring. Because when I remember when MJF first won the the diamond ring, everybody was kind of like, well. What does this mean? Like, what what is its significance? And it's almost like it's it's like if once MJF MJF puts the ring on and hits you with it, you're done. The match is over. Cody never kicked out. Every time MJF has hit anybody with the ring, the match is over. So the ring means something, and it's a it's a tool for MJF to use to his advantage. And that's what you that's what you give a heel those tools and let him use them and you don't destroy him. The 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 second this diamond ring someone kicks out of a a shot from the ring, the ring has lost all meaning and power. And I like that they haven't done anything with it yet to destroy that. Um and uh yeah, B a, a B plus match. I think it could have could have had a little bit more to it to give it just a little bit extra added emotion. Um, but I agree with you. That the way that that match ended, um, I feel like they'll have one match on the special edition Dynamite, and then the feud will end at Double or Nothing. Yeah, I can see that, and that's probably the better idea just because, I mean, I, me probably don't want to have a feud all the way from 
basically November till August. It's it's quite a long feud. Right. So uh, you know, from November to May, kind of get two pay per view matches into it. Not a bad idea. That's that's it's definitely a uh, good way to do it for sure. Um, and uh, you know, and the biggest thing, first of all, Cody got a new tattoo on his neck. Oh yeah, <laughs> of his logo of himself. You know, the logo that he represents. Not a fan of the placement. Hey, not my body. You do what you want to do. Even Brandy says she's not a fan of the neck tattoo. And hey, you know, if if, if you're married <laughs> to him and you say he can do kind of whatever he wants, then he did it. And I'm sure Brandy can kind of do whatever she wants now. So not the placement, my friend. You could have done that on your arm. You could have done that. Hell, you could have done it on your chest for all I care. Um, right. Your leg. Neck, I'm not sure. Right. Hey, whatever. Not my flavor, not my cup of tea, but uh, it's now there, so we got to deal with it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah, I think a GoFundMe account or a GoFundMe page was um, started um, to pay to have it removed for Cody. Um, yeah, so. yeah, I'm sure that was <laughs> I'm sure that's coming. Now, you know, here's my thing: is that you know, eventually when he does win. A match, people are gonna say, "Ah, oh, yeah, he puts himself over." When it's like, okay, he's lost at two straight pay per views, so right. GTFOH. Um, yeah, see, whatever. Here's here's the thing: is I don't think it's necessarily you have to separate Cody the wrestler from Cody EVP. Um, and Cody's done a great job at putting other people over. I don't think Cody's main goal is to win a title. I don't think I think eventually he'll get his title shot. Somehow he'll get it, but I don't think that's his main goal. I think he really enjoys putting younger people over. And Cody knows that he's now essentially on the back end of his career, at least in the ring. So you have one of the best heels in the game now that's 23 years old and has 20 years or more left in him. Let's go ahead and build him to be this super heel and you can have him as a heel in your company for the next 20 years. Let's not kill him now. And I think that's, I think Cody is doing a great job at getting the crowd reaction. He's the most over, I think fan wise, the fans have put him over and Cody really hasn't had to do much to do it. Um, so I love it. I love the direction. But separate Cody the EVP from Cody the wrestler. If he wins the title, I don't think he books the main main the men's main card. I think Brandy does all that booking. So technically Brandy put him over. Yeah. Um Yeah, I think that it, it's building for the future, of course, and it's it's a great example how you put it to like that where you know, we're going to push this guy as your super heel and he's going to be your top heel for a long time to come. So, you know, we got to start building this ship to where it's going to take off and explode as if it kind of hasn't already, but kind of keep that thing on top. So, um, yeah, the good book and good smart decision, no matter what, you know, based off of all that. So, uh, heading to the co-main event. And if you haven't heard this match, (laughs) if you haven't heard, this match being named yet. This is not a glitch. This is not a botch. This is not me forgetting. This is real life, my friends. The co-main event of AEW Revolution, Pack versus Orange Cassidy. 
for a minute, minute, real quick, for a minute, I thought they really weren't going to run this match on the card. Like they, like, I I don't know if, if they, it's shocked me, the placement, but Hey, I like it. I like it. Just throw some curveballs out there. Absolutely. And like I mentioned before of the placement of these matches, this is why it's perfect. Mm-hmm. You've got all these matches leading up to the main event. They're all emotionally invested. So you need something to get the crowd to kind of take a breath. Right. A little bit and then kind of get hyped up and get pumped again for the next, which is the ultimately the main event. So this right. is perfect placing. Right. I think most of us knew Orange Cassidy was going to do some stuff here that was going to surprise us, and he sure as hell did. This man did a one. This man did a <laughs> one arm drag with his hands in his pocket. Name me another person that's done that, and I will give you five dollars. I've never seen that. That's fun. That's cool. Orange Cassidy, you know, rolling around the ring when Pac was going to go up to the top rope, rolling off the ring. You know, this man doesn't have any care about his body. He His falls are so ungraceful, and it's just crazy but funny. Looks like a rag doll when he's getting his ass kicked. When he was rolling across the ring and Pat caught him a couple times, and Cassie just had this smile and laugh on his face. The yeah. crowd loved it. The crowd enjoyed it. You don't see smiles and people enjoying themselves and people laughing and people enjoying it. There's nothing wrong with a little bit of comedy in a wrestling show. And people having fun with it. And that's exactly what this was. This was a way for people to get kind of take a deep breath. We had that great few couple matches there. That's the intensity of it, the, the storyline, the emotions behind them. Let's take a deep breath. Let's all enjoy ourselves for a little bit. And then let's really get ready for the main event of, of what's going to prepare us. Perfect placement. Uh, this got 13 minutes. This oddly match length time, maybe not segment wise, but length time for the match. Cassidy and Pack got more than Nyla Rose, Satlander, Darby Allen, and Sammy Guevara. And uh, yeah, so it was like the fourth most one, two. Oh, yeah, they're probably the third uh, one, two, three. They were the fourth match that, uh, fourth longest match of the night, essentially. So whatever. It's okay. Um, Cassidy had a couple offensive maneuvers. We thought for a second something was getting ready to happen where he was going to win. The roof was going to explode. The wrestling world was going to go crazy. Of course, that's what we kind of thought. Something like this was going to happen. And then we get to the ultimate finish where Pac never hit the the Black Arrow. Never hit it. He did the, the, you know, the Brutalizer, but he never hit the Black Arrow. So that's an interesting way of looking at it. Of course, Orange Cassidy basically got his... Uh, um, Orange peeled and squeezed and broken. Yeah, he was, he was freshly squeezed after that. Yeah, his face was turning purple. Um, <laughs> basically turning into a plum. But anyways, uh, Pac wins, of course. I don't think anybody was really seriously thinking Orange Cassidy was going to win. You've had that. You had that what if for a few seconds in the match. But of course, Pac does win. Uh, we both got that right. I moved to five <clears> and two in the night. You moved to three and four. Fun match, man. It, it just got me. It just got us that debriefing of that. Uh, this is great. This is fun. And then was like, all right, now we're ready for the main event type of thing. Uh, give this. I honestly give this match a, a an A minus. And and the reason why I cannot wait for people to hear this one for me to say that this match got an A minus. And I'm I'm giving this match a better grade than most of these matches on the card. 
I'm giving this match an A minus, not for the match quality. This was not the Omega and Hangman versus the Young Bucks type of match. This was the match that was so perfectly placed in the card because they knew there was going to be all these matches that had all these meanings and all this emotion and all the storylines behind them that they had to give us something to debrief. They could have put the women in the co-main event like another company usually does for a piss break. If you want to call this a piss break, you can call it that. But this company says, nope. We understand that, you know what, the fans are going to be a little bit tired. The fans are going to be a little bit spent. So let's give them something to kind of catch their breath, to kind of get them laughing and energetic again and just having fun with it. And then we get to the one last emotion for the main event. So the perfect placement of it, the way that they did that was beautifully done. That's why it's getting an A minus. Your your, your turn, sir. (laughs) Yeah. I uh, I want to take a minute, and I want to prove every. I want to tell everybody that I told you I was right. We saw how good of a wrestler Orange Cassidy is last night. The move, like it's a comedy bit, but the dude he did moves that nobody could do in his comedy bit, and I know, and I know, and I know. Everybody's going to be like, so, so Pac left WWE because he didn't want to fight Enzo, but he's going to fight Orange Cassidy. Well, no, not necessarily. Pac didn't like the way that division, the cruiserweight division was being booked. Um, I think he's, he enjoyed that match. You can see he enjoyed beating the hell out of Orange Cassidy and just, it was fun. It was it did what it needed to do. It got people to calm down from the heaviness of the Cody match. It, it, it was said, okay, let's, let's everybody breathe. The beginning of that match was so slow. You could have taken a, a pee, gotten you something to drink and then gotten back. And the match was still going on for you to get excited for the main event. I think it was great placement as co-main event of the night. Um, got everybody excited. It got everybody ready for Moxley and Jericho. And Orange Cassidy rolling around that ring, smiling, having the time of his life was perfect. It's what every wrestling fan wants to see in a, a kind of like an intermission type match. Something that sets you up for the big match of the night. Great match. I'd give it an A. I'd give it an A match. Great match in my opinion. And Orange Cassidy really showed that he can wrestle. If he really wanted a serious gimmick, he could be one of the best wrestlers in that company. Absolutely. And even Cody said in the interview that they have to be careful with it because of the way that it is sensitive to some wrestling fans, but also he understands that there is a uniqueness to him that could get him into a pop culture scene. People want to dress up like Orange Cassidy to come to shows. For Halloween, they want to dress up like him. His T-shirts, two of his top, two of the top five T-shirts sold on ProWrestlingTees.com, and this is including AEW, New Japan Pro Wrestling. You know all the legends of their pro wrestling stuff, the podcast mm-hmm. stuff. Orange Cassidy had two of the top five selling shirts in the past two weeks. Yeah, come on, really. Stone Cold Steve Austin was not known for his technicality in wrestling. He was known for flipping people off, for being funny, but also being a badass. Kurt Angle had his funny moments as well. The Rock was entertaining as hell. Orange Cassidy is entertaining, but he can also go. 
but he's entertaining. So you need that. I think you really need that in every company. But the best thing about Cassidy is the guy can go. I love the guy. I initially, I was kind of like, this is stupid. But the more I got to know him, the more I got to kind of see it, the more I understand it, the better and better it gets. Orange Cassidy, my friends, is a novelty. He is a gem. He's a rare gem. And we're graceful to have him in AEW. If you can't see that, talk to me. We'll debate it. But, <laughs> hey, the guy has worth, and he's very worthy in AEW. <sighs> Debrief. Get your breath. Because we get to the main event. For the AEW World Championship, Chris Jericho defending his title against John Moxley. Jericho came out with Santana and Ortiz. Interesting enough, made me kind of think, well, where's Hager? Where's Guevara? We get to that. Um, I don't know much about this. You did, so I'm glad you pointed this out. Uh, Jericho had a special entrance. Um, exactly what took place that led to this? I think you know a bit more than I do. Yes. Um, so Jericho's entrance. If you remember um, the cruise the di- episode of Dynamite on, on the Jer- the Rock and Rage of Jericho Cruise. That was kind of the first night that everybody in the crowd started singing Jericho's song. And that thing kind of spread. Well, the lady that did the intro to Jericho's song last night posted a video of her doing an acapella of last night. An acapella version of Jericho's song and shared it. And Jericho retweeted it. And obviously... They thought um, it was impressive enough to have her sing live in front of millions of people. Um, and I think the lady used to be a lead singer of like a local rock band in Philadelphia where she lives, if I remember correctly. I can't go on Twitter because my account has been suspended, um, so I can't verify that. Um, but yeah, so... Uh, so that's the background behind that. Cool entrance, man. It was a cool entrance. She did that. Uh, crowd got behind it. She that whole that whole performance was awesome. That was something I've not seen before. You don't ever ever. I don't remember ever seeing right. or uh, wrestlers opening that up to where whether it's their own theme song or in this case it's Jericho's theme song, but it's something he also you know performs. Uh, his, it's, it's his song, you know, his band song. I've never yeah. seen somebody that that wasn't the band that sung the song come up and sing the band for the wrestler for their entrance. Mm-hmm. Downstate did Cody, Motorhead did Triple H, you know, Saliva did Batista, you know, whatever. Saliva did Jericho for Survivor Series 02. The band that performed the song initially was the one who did it live, which is so cool. It's still awesome. And you get your own live. Mm-hmm entrance that's awesome like that would probably be one of my bucket list items if i was a wrestler that if i got a big band to sing us you know my entrance song and i got them to perform at a wrestlemania at a AEW paper anything so uh cool in general but that was an awesome entrance for sure um this match was a brawl for it all the brawl for the world title as it should be um, 
Jericho had that gnarly scar on his face, the seven stitches. But, man, this was an ass-kicking brawl from start to finish. Went out in the crowd, man. They they fought all over the place. Barricades involved and uh, weapons involved to an extent. Jericho put Moxley through the smallest timekeeper's table, but it crashed through. And, man, Moxley got busted open in this match. I really thought Jericho was going to be bleeding, too. Maybe he bled a little bit because of that scar, but he didn't bleed much. If any, uh, Moxley was bleeding out of his, I uh, think, you know, creasing his ears, bleeding out of his nose, his face. Um, you know, it looked pretty gnarly. And uh, the finish of the match was awesomely done. Jericho never hit the Judas effect, but he did have the the walls with the lion tamer on a few bits. If you watch the countdown revolution, they showed like the training from Moxley in preparation for this match with Randy Couture, a, you know, MMA legend, and how to counter that lion tamer that Walter Jericho was to, Kind of sneak under it, kind of sneak through, use your legs, use your advantage, whatever, use your speed. Exactly what Moxley did. So I love the fact that they integrated that and made it feel more personable, more real by doing that. And you're like, I remember seeing that on Countdown Revolution. That's awesome. I actually did it. It worked. So uh, that's sport feel, man. That's sport feel. It's working. It's clicking. It's making sense. It's awesome. Um, you get to the end of the match there, and Moxley was bleeding, and he pulls his eye patch off. You can actually see like the blood streaming off the eye patch. And I was like, holy shit, is he actually bleeding from his eye right now? And <laughs> showed that, hey, he's fine. Yeah. Either the eye healed up, or he's, he could see for a while and was just playing Koi to Jericho and playing Possum. And uh, did two paradigm shifts. We got a one, two, three. Crowd goes crazy. And for the first time in company history, we have a title change in the world title. We have a new AEW world champion, John freaking Moxley, is your champion. Jericho's reign comes to an end uh, August 31st to February the 29th. Um, don't know how many days that is. I haven't counted. Um, but basically six months worth of a world champion title reign. The reign of Moxley begins. Give this match a solid A. One of the great, one of the better matches on the card for sure. Very intense, very, uh, you know, pound for pound. Great match. Featured all sorts of stuff. Um, This match went 22 minutes and 20 seconds. Finishes up a great card, a great pay-per-view. I had Moxley winning. You had Jericho winning. uh, Which, of course, means I was correct in this. You were, unfortunately, incorrect and. Brought our totals for the pay-per-view for me, six and two, you three and five. But don't worry, we have at least three more pay-per-views to go. <laughs> or two, excuse yeah. me. We have two. Three. I'm sorry, three. We have three pay-per-views at least. Double or nothing all out and whatever the November pay-per-view is, if it's full gear or something else. So still time to catch up. But uh yeah, great card, top to bottom, great show. Loved it. I'm going to rewatch it again. If you guys haven't watched it, please do. Um, your overall thought on this match and to kind of recap on the pay-per-view. Yeah, I think you uh, said it pretty good. I won't go into much detail on this match. Um, solid, solid, solid championship match. Um, and I think if you if you can remember – when Jericho initially won the title, man, the title, that the explanation was from us was he was going to hold the title to give AEW Dynamite that push, and he's done exactly that. Jericho has been the guy that can get 
get anything over. He had a great ring. He defended it several times. He he looked strong. He looked like he was in in some points of this he was doing some of the best stuff of his career. Um, and I I like this this placement to give John Moxley the title. That right now now you can build for for a double or nothing. You can build for all out. Um, and the storylines can build now. Moxley is, I think, the guy for now. I'm excited. I think Wednesday we'll see who his next competitor is. And I hope, I hope that <clears throat> this it happens. I hope it's Lance Archer. I really do. Just to continue that whole feud that kind of ended uh, uh, Wrestle Kingdom. Um, I hope Lance Archer comes in and challenges Moxley. I think that'll be a cool thing to kind of continue a storyline, um, which AEW is very good at doing. So, not much more I can say on that. It was a it was a good match, solid match. I suck at predicting matches. Um, hopefully, I can catch up at the next pay per view. Um, but good match. I love it. And let the random Moxley begin. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, even I went six and two. I, it, it may seem like I predicted them. You know, this great, and it's like, oh, it's predictable. Sometimes things can be predictable, and sometimes, you know, for instance, you know, with me picking the Young Bucks, I really thought the Young Bucks there was gonna be a heel turn, and it didn't happen. And Hangman Omega won. That was a good swerve. I didn't see that coming. Um, some of these, you know, I was like, you know what, I could see MJF winning, and you know, he did. I was like, you know, I was, I wanted Moxley to win. I thought he could win. He won. If, if I was three and five, I wouldn't have been like, wow, I'm very unpredictable. This is great. You know, even if it's predictable, not predictable in the case that I knew this was going to happen, it's just a predict. And, or, you know, we're just predicting. And it's just a fun thing to do. So, um, yep. you know, nothing wrong with being six and two or three and five. It's just the fun of it. But at the same time, it's like, hey, there's still a hell of a show, enjoyable show. Um, something that I, I think I, I would definitely watch again for sure. And, uh, it's interesting to see where the fallout of this will be Wednesday on TNT on Dynamite. Raina Moxley does begin. You know, Pac could be a contender. You know, MJF could be a contender. Definitely Lance Archer could be thrown into there. Don't know if you would want to give somebody right off the battle title shot. But, I mean, hey, either way, it's going to be interesting what the fallout is. And we've got in a couple weeks on March 25th from Prudential Center in Newark, New Jersey, Blood and Guts episode of dynamite the war the real war games comes to all elite wrestling two rings one giant cage covered the way war games was the way war games should be it's gonna be it's gonna be amazing i i i I can't wait for that i can't wait for these next couple weeks to see who's gonna be in it what's gonna happen the fallout from revolution and then starting to build up for double or nothing that show is going to be insane, but the build-up for this is going to be awesome, insane as well. One point I wanted to make before we kind of wrap this up here, and before you know any last words. So AEW has only got one show a week: Wednesday nights, eight seven Central, TNT, or for wherever else you watch it worldwide. One pay-per-view every three to four months. It's perfect. Right. So from that company standpoint, the most you wrestle in a week is twice. Yep. It makes the matches more relevant. It makes it 
worthy, it means more. Yes. Because in other companies, I'm not pointing out just WWE. Mm-hmm. WCW did it. NXT, I'm sure, kind of does it. I don't, I don't know fully their their house their house show schedules, but typically these big companies, when they've got these superstars and they start booking for the main event, they have already you've already seen these on house shows, usually to build up the match, to promote the match, to promote the show, to promote the pay per view. Sometimes, most of the time, they will have the same match that they're promoting the pay per view happen at house shows. Right. I've heard it. I've seen it. It is what it is. Or they put the same two people in a tag match continuously on a Raw or SmackDown, a Nitro, a Thunder, NXT, and then do it again on the house show. And it just gets boring. It doesn't make that pay-per-view match worthy. It doesn't make it relevant. It's watered down because it's already happened. It's already spoiled. People have already seen the results. They've seen videos. They don't care as much because it's like, well, hell, they just did it on the house show. Why would I care? You know, or, or if the one guy always wins on the house show, maybe he'll lose at the pay-per-view or vice versa. You know, it just makes it predictable. It doesn't make it fun. It waters it down. It's not more, it's not meaningful. But because AEW has only got one show a week, if you want to technically count dark, whatever, but usually the people that are on dark aren't on dynamite or whatever. Right. You, you're, you got one show on national television and then you've got your pay-per-view once every three months. So not only are these storylines fresh, they're intriguing, they're interesting, they're not watered down. You haven't seen these on house shows before. Um, they're relevant. They are. They have worth to them. It means a lot more. So that's just something I wanted to throw into that. The scheduling is great because it leaves you wanting more, more product, but mm-hmm. it just means that you get even more hyped up and excited for the next show. Because right. you know that these storylines are meaning something. They've got intense behind them. They've got intrigue. They're interesting. They mean something. These single matches, besides the two tag team matches, everything else was a singles match. Yep. They're meaningful. They're worthy. You want to see these because you don't see them anywhere else. So, right. and they're also so, they're also rare. Yeah, which means you you got to see it because it might not happen for a long time again. Right. So you you got to tune in and see it. You right? It's not like oh you see it one night and then the next week you'll see it again. It's rare. Usually you're not fighting the same dude. But if you see a trios like for Kenny and Pac for example or whatever else, the first match typically happens on a pay-per-view. You may get a second match on a Dynamite, a big episode of Dynamite, and then you have your rubber match at a pay-per-view. But if that's the case, you usually still start it off on a pay-per-view. So you're still seeing it for the first time on a pay-per-view, something you need to watch in order to buy it, in order to actually see it for the first time. Um, Yeah, top to bottom, fantastic card, great show. It's now in the books. The AEW's first pay-per-view of the new decade and of the year is officially done and over with. Great show. Can't wait to see the fallout Wednesday on Dynamite. It's going to be awesome. And uh, two weeks, three weeks away from Blood and Guts, that's going to be amazing. Um, great times for AEW, man. AEW is, is leading the charge in 2020, as far as I'm concerned, in, in wrestling. And I couldn't be more excited for them. I'm happy with the product. I love it. I'm a supporter, true and through. And uh, 
big things are, are for sure heading for this company, man. Um, yes, sir. Any uh, any last words before we sign off? Yeah, let me let me let me plug my let me plug my my podcast real quick before my headphones die. Um, taking the bump, you can find all twenty one episodes on Spotify or Anchor or Apple Podcast, Google Podcast. Um, follow me on Facebook, taking the bump podcast. Follow me on Twitter at T the B podcast. Um, and take advantage of the merch madness sale going on until tomorrow at, I believe it's noon, um, or one o'clock Eastern time, one or two. Um, 1 p.m. Eastern, 12 noon central. Central. 20% off. Use your code madness. Get 20% off all merchandise on the entire Pro Wrestling T store. So happens I have two shirts on the store get them 20 percent off support the podcast support your local wrestlers support your favorite wrestlers usually a lot of wrestlers um put their stuff on there all the aew stuff is there um and uh 20 off that's a steal of a deal um but yeah uh prowrestlingtees.com forward slash t the b podcast can get you to that and uh yeah i'm excited for for everything leading up. And if that pay-per-view is what they're going to give us to start the decade, I'm excited for the rest of the decade. You ain't kidding, man. You ain't kidding. It's definitely going to be something that's going to be awesome. I can't wait for it. It's going to be something that uh, I think every few months we're going to be kicking ourselves saying, well, you know what? I said that this was the best pay-per-view of the year, best pay-per-view of whatever. I like this pay-per-view is the best ever. So, I mean, yeah, it's going to be – I love a decade. It's going to be an awesome decade. I can't wait for it. Um, like I said, I cannot wait for uh, in general um, what else happens mm-hmm. and what else I we're going to be what else we're going to be able to see on uh, right. on TNT, on Dynamite, on Dark for everything else. Um, now, I will say that. Uh, I've also got a store on Pro Wrestling Tees. Same promotion going on. Hopefully, this episode will be up beforehand, so you have until 1 p.m. Eastern, 12 p.m. Central to take advantage of that 20% off discount for any shirt on the store. Use the code MADNESS. Like James said, you can follow his podcast and search for that on Pro Wrestling Tees. You can also search for our podcast on Pro Wrestling Tees, where we also have two shirt designs, prowrestlingtees.com forward slash beyond the curtain wrestling podcast yeah it's a little bit spend the time to do it not gonna kill you beyond the, or excuse me pro slash beyond the curtain wrestling podcast 20 percent off use the code madness and when you get the proof when you get the purchase provide me the proof of purchase and 20 percent of your order will go towards charity of your choice if i don't do it within a week you get a free t-shirt any shirt of your choice so there you go um i don't know how many episodes i've done You've got a good number. I don't know if I got the same or less, but uh, <laughs> anyways, you can listen to, uh, of course, our podcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Pocket Cast, Spotify, anywhere and everywhere. We're going to try to start doing some stuff on YouTube, whether we do live streams, whether we do call-ins, whether we do just basically the uh, picture uh, sort of form on YouTube. Not everybody has Spotify or has a, or Anchor 
um, YouTube basically already has. So uh, I'm going to try to at least get this on YouTube as well. And if we do, and it goes turns out as a success, then we'll be starting to do some more stuff on YouTube as well. I know I've already got a channel for Beyond the Curtain Wrestling Podcast, so it's just a matter of getting content up there. So bear with us. We're, we're, we're trying to expand here, for sure. <laughs> um, follow us on our favorite platforms on social media. You can follow me at Beyond the Curtain Wrestling Podcast on Facebook, on Twitter at Beyond the Curtain. There is no O in Beyond, so it's B-E-Y-N-D. The curtain beyond the curtain uh for james it's taking the bump podcast on facebook and is it t the b on twitter t the b on twitter t the b on twitter for james beatley and myself we hope you guys enjoyed revolution we hope you enjoyed this episode stay tuned for the next one which will be the recap of revolution in a couple days i already said revolution once again <laughs> we're still working out the kinks. Remember, I hadn't done a podcast since last the, the not last episode before that, at least a few weeks or a few months. So this one was better, but I still got to work out the kinks for it. We'll recap and review Dynamite for this upcoming Wednesday, either Wednesday night or Thursday. But either way, I hope you guys enjoy whatever it may be. Your morning, your afternoon, your evening, your night. Enjoy it. Be safe. Be happy. Be healthy. AEW is fun. Wrestling is fun. Don't let people drag you down. Be a wrestling fan. Like what you like. It's your opinion. It's your world. But AEW is the king of pro wrestling and our opinions at the moment. So enjoy the rest of your work, school, fun, whatever. Uh, and we will see you guys. And you will hear from us soon here on Beyond the Curtain. <laughs>